Okay, um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Club, and today is Friday, uh, November 5th, 2021, and um, I'll just just say briefly um, what we usually do at at the book club. Um, So we meet uh, once a month, the first Friday of every month um, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And what I usually do is I I just give you a little information about the author. And then if I remember, which I did this time to make a list of characters, I'll give you the name of the characters as well. And then I usually um, mention the book that we're going to read for next time. So this way, if somebody has to leave early, you'll have the information for, for the book for the next month. And then um, what I do is I I generally call on people one by one. So everybody has a chance to say, you know, some of their thoughts about the book. And then, um, and then at the end, if if there's free time and, you know, people have other things they want to say, maybe in response to something that they heard, then, um, you know, we have a little bit more discussion. So I will get started now. Um, so tonight, tonight's author is Kazuo, Kazuo Ishiguro, I hope I'm saying it right, who's a, a pretty well-known author. So there, there's a ton of information about him. So I, I, you know, I just took down some basic information about him. If you're interested, you, you can find a lot of information about him online. Um, so he was born in, I'm sorry, on November 8th, 1954 in Nagasaki, Japan. And his father was an oceanographer. And in 1960, when he was six years old, his family moved to Surrey, England, where he grew up. And he became a British citizen in 1982. And he currently lives in in London. Um, He went to the University of Kent and he has a BA in English and philosophy. Um, And If you follow um, creative writing programs, one of the the biggest programs in England is at the University of East Anglia. And he was actually one of their first students. Um, So since he attended, I don't know, because he attended or whatever, it became a very, very well-known creative writing program. Um, He married um, Lorna McDougall, who was a social worker in 1986, and they have a daughter. And he's, he's won a lot of awards. He won the OBE, which is the Officer of the British Empire in 1995. And then most famously, he won the Nobel Prize for Literature in uh, 2017. And um, his first novel, actually, I read his first novel. It's called An, An Artist of the Floating World. It was published in 1986. And it, it, it actually takes place in Japan, which is where I, I mentioned that he was born. And it won a, a pretty important prize called the Whitbread Prize for First Fiction. And then in 1989, he published The Remains of the Day, which is a, a, a very uh, big book. It won the Booker Prize. And it's, it's pretty much a classic uh, book at this point. Um, and it was made into a movie, which maybe some of you have seen with Sir Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson. Um, his other really well-known book is Never Let Me Go which was published in 2005 and also got very uh, great acclaim. And if you've read Never Let Me Go and then you read tonight's book, they're, they're similar but, but sort of different in a lot of ways. Um, so, um, oh, hi, Jenny, welcome. 
Um, so I'm going to just go over some of the characters. So, of course, there's Clara, who is the artificial friend. And then there was Rosa, who was her, her friend in the store. And then there was the manager, who was just known as, as manager. Um, and then there's Josie, who was the girl who uh, ended up uh, with Clara. And then her mother was Chrissy, and her father was Paul. And then there was her neighbor who lived near her, Rick. And Rick's mother was Helen. And then there was Mr. Capaldi. Capaldi, I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, who was the one that was making that sort of model that they were going to try to transition um, to make sort of a, a, a model of Josie, uh, you know, if, if something had happened to her. Um, so I'm just, as I mentioned, I'm just going to mention the book for next time, just in case anybody has to leave early. Um, the book for next time is called The Vixen, V-I-X-E-N. It's by Francine Prose, um, who's also a pretty prolific author. It's about 12 hours long. And I will just read you the annotation. Um, in 1953, recent Harvard graduate uh, Simon Putnam, newly hired by a distinguished New York publishing firm, he gets a difficult first assignment editing a lurid bodice ripper and probably based on the recent trial and execution of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. So it sounds a little weird, but I've heard it's very good. Um, and it's, we have the commercial audiobook version. I'm not sure who the narrator is, um, but it's, it's the commercial version. So anyway, um, usually what happens is <laughs> I always have a hard time picking somebody to start the discussion. So I thought I would make my life easier and I would actually just start the discussion and then I'll just call on people one by one. Um, so I, I'll just mention a couple of things because I think there's actually a lot to talk about with this book. Um, for me, the most interesting, some of the most interesting scenes actually were the, the first scenes that took place in the store and then the very last scene that took place in that junkyard. Um, I just thought it was fascinating how these artificial friends, how they were in the store, how they were put in the window, they were exposed to the sun, they could observe the streets, you got to know you know, who they were really from these sort of interactions that they had with each other, how they were, they were waiting uh, to see their future would be. Um, and for me, the end of the book was beautiful. Um, I actually talked about this book in a different book group and a lot of people thought the ending was very sad. And I'm expecting a lot of people to, to say that the ending was very sad, but for me, I just thought the ending was beautiful because to be able to get to a place in your life where you can just sit contentedly, think about your life, observe the world, not really feel sad, just kind of take in all kinds of impressions and just sort of reflect, um, I, I thought was beautiful. I, I, I really, I just found the ending just absolutely mesmerizing. Um, there were a lot of really interesting things in, in this story. A lot of things I think to think about. Um, I was very resistant to reading this book because I had read never for the group that Sharon and I go to in New York city. I had read never let me go a few years ago and I did not like that book. It made me very unsettled. And um, 
I, I found it kind of creepy and I thought this book was going to be the same way, but there was something that uh, Kazuo Ishiguro said in, in the podcast interview that I sent out, which is that, um, you know, a lot of times when people read books about artificial intelligence, they feel that it's, it, that they're going to take over the world. They're going to gain all this intelligence and, and we have to fear them. But in this case, Clara really was there to help. And she, her, her intentions were pure. Her intentions were good. Um, she was just a benevolent figure, maybe unrealistic, um, but, but benevolent. And I, I, I just, I found the story really, really mesmerizing. Um, I ended up reading it twice and I, I just loved it. Um, so anyway, you may not love it and, you know, please feel free to, you know, tell us what you really um, think about the, think about the story. Um, so anyway, um, let me see who's here. Um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go first. I just want to know if you can hear my voice. Yes. Oh, Donna. Okay, good. I'll, no, don't can... let me go first. Don't, I don't want, I don't want to go first. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll put you towards the end. How about that? Yeah, that'd be fine. Okay. Um, how about you, Alan? Why don't we start with you? What did you think about yeah. the story? Yeah, we, we can start with the negative first. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to hold back. Uh, I, 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 I didn't much care for the book. And, uh, uh, I, but I will say my favorite part of the book was with the name of one of the characters you forgot to mention, Melania Housekeeper, which I thought was a, mm -hmm. was a direct hit on the Trump administration. And I, I maintain that the last housekeeper that never got named was a male and his name was Donald. So there we go. But, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, maybe I'm just too shallow uh, or maybe I just uh, the fact that I felt like I was dealing with a kind of like a, a Tamagotchi was that some of those Japanese uh, uh, robot things they had back in the day when my kids were little that they played with. Yes. I, I just had a, I, I had a hard time. I liked Clara. I mean, she was fine, you know, but you know, your comment at the end about it, it, yeah, I, yeah. I guess it, it it would be nice to be in a place when you're comfortable just observing and stuff. I'm not really sure I can apply that to a machine, but uh, uh, I think that's. I think you were talking about Claire at the end, but uh, uh, she she did she did seem to be. I mean, she was obviously very observant, and uh, there was a lot to like about her. It was just, it was just hard for me to get plugged into the story, and I think it. I think a lot of it has to do with. I, I just think the Japanese culture is different. I, I know the guy grew up in England and stuff, but he was, he was, I think he lived five years in Japan when he was, when he was young, but uh, uh, it, it, it just really had a, uh, a, a feeling of Japanese culture to me. And that, that could have just been my own bias, my own, you know, false impressions. I don't know, but uh, I, I just had a hard time getting into it, but Hey, there we go. That's uh, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in expressing my opinion. So you've got it. So, uh, but, but I'm glad I, I, mean, I read the entire book and, uh, I, I mean, I really, I liked the Rick character. I thought he, I thought he was cool. I still wish I knew what a, a lifted student was, but I guess, I guess that may be some kind of sci-fi term. Cause I don't, I don't think it must be a real term, but I'm, I'm curious to what y'all think, uh, a, a, a lifted student is, but uh, I'll shut up now and listen to what other people say. Okay. Um, well, I also had problems with the word lifted too. And as best as I could figure out, it seemed like when 
they were younger, that the parents had the option to do this type of procedure or something to children and, and that made them smarter and, and more capable. But the downside seemed to be that you could die from it or get very sick, which is what happened to Josie's sister, Sal. Um, so I think that's what they meant oh. about it, but it wasn't. Okay. I, okay. It wasn't I, 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 never, I, I didn't make that connection, but, but they did, they did, they did dance around the topic and they made some kind of references about, doing something that, that, that seemed to uh, make them smarter or something. But I, I, I guess I was just a little slow on the uptake, but thanks. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm really glad to hear what you thought. Cause I think it's always really interesting when people read the same book and have, you know, different experiences reading it, because if we all have the same experience, it's not that great. So, right. um, you know, I think, it, I think what you're saying makes total, total sense to me. Um, and I, like I said, I was very surprised how much I really liked this book because the, the predecessor book, Never Let Me Go, you know, really creeped me out. Um, okay, Terry, uh, I know you're a sci-fi fan. So why don't you tell us what you thought of this book and if you think it's if it falls within the sci-fi genre or what, what your feelings were? I, I think it's barely sci-fi. It's kind of sci-fi light, I guess. And I was thinking as you guys were talking about Lifted is a lot of times in, in sci-fi books, they don't explain futuristic things. And I'm not sure if that's because they just want you to make your own interpretation or what. Um, I liked the book okay. I, I had some problems with a lack of information, not so much about Lifted. But one thing that crossed my mind was, was Josie even really sick? I mean, her sister died, but every time you heard that her mom say, oh, you're sick, go lay down, you never heard any symptoms or anything that I can recall. It just, I just wondered if the mother was projecting and, you know, overly worried or something. So that crossed my mind. The other thing I thought the most, I mean, of course, we have artificial friends. You don't expect realism here, but the fact that she got Paul, the dad, to help her sabotage a machine I don't think most adult men would listen to a little girl and, and go pour gas, you know, pour something into the gas tank of a machine when they could get in major trouble on that. And I think Michelle's take on the ending is really, really interesting because I think you have a lot of good points on that, Michelle. I found the ending a little confusing. And at first I couldn't figure out where the heck she was. And Josie just dumped her. I, I, I thought that was pretty and I know these aren't real people, but I guess I sort of got caught up in feeling like she was and she should have been kept in the family somehow, some way. But you're right. Maybe she was content to hang out in this junkyard. And hopefully she was mobile and could move around and chat with other AFs that were sitting around there or something. She did chat with the manager. And so maybe it wasn't as sad of an ending as I thought, but I thought it was kind of shocking that they just dumped her I, that seemed pretty cold but maybe they were used to thinking of these things as machines more than i was and that's really all i have to say i did like the book okay though kind, kind yeah. of a waste of resources anyway you know it's like throwing your iphone down when it still works hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I i agree with you that it was really sad that they dumped her. And at one point, I think they put her in a cabinet in the house, kind of up on a shelf or something. Yeah. And I, yeah. I thought to myself, you know, I, obviously they don't think of her as part of the family. They consider her 
you know, like a robot, I guess, like mm-hmm. a machine. Um, so I, I agree with you. That part is sad. And, and I think what I found very amazing was usually my, I guess my image is that often when people get to the end of their life, you know, they're, they're sad. Like they think about all the things that they can't do anymore, that their life is more limited than it used to be. And I just thought it was amazing to me that someone could be in this yard and all she really could do at that point was just turn her head left and right and, you know, just be content to just sit there and observe, observe the world and be at peace. I found that, I just yeah. found that very aspirational. Um, I had one more quick thing to say too, is for people that I assumed too, that lifted meant they enhanced their intelligence, but those kids at the party that were talking about throwing their AFs around and oh, the fact yeah. that Josie could just dump her, they certainly didn't enhance their empathy. No, um, they enhanced their intelligence at the cost of their empathy, I might argue, because I thought Rick was a much nicer character than any of her other friends. Yeah, that was a very, very disturbing scene at the party. And and I think, it, it, you know, supposedly he wrote this book before the pandemic, and it, it seemed very press, prescient that he would talk about, you know, kids being homeschooled, being separated from each other, not really having social interaction. It seemed very, very interesting that he would talk about those kind of things. And you just get the impression that these kids really didn't know how to play together or be together and they were cruel. So I I agree with you. Um, Deanna, what what did you think of the story? Um, Mixed review. Uh, Parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't. I thought it was interesting that um, she had a very primitive worldview, much like um, people that base their ideas on a, on what they observe without any, you know, scientific method or, or you know, testing of theory. Um, to her, since she was um, solar powered, the sun was extremely powerful. And whatever happened to that, that uh, at first I was confused because I thought that the, the man and the dog were actually human, <laughs> you know, that, that she was so impressed that, the, that they were revived yes. by the power of the sun. And then I thought, why would you have a robot street beggar? <laughs> <laughs> with a robot dog. I mean, that part confused me a little, but I did think that her worldview of the sun being all powerful and nurturing is very much like primitive people observing natural things and interpreting it in human terms so that the sun becomes an entity as it is in Native American culture. Of the sun is considered the father of life, and the earth is the mother. And you know, uh, from within the mother comes all the other living things that walk upon the earth, kind of thing. That's their concept of creation. And um, so they don't talk about. Well, the sun is is one of the faces of God in a way, but God himself is the maker of things, the great mystery. Um, So he creates things 
and part of his creation is humanity and, and all living things, and each of them are precious to him. And therefore, if you must take the life of another of his creations in order to live yourself for tools, food, clothing, shelter, you thank that being for giving you their life to enhance your life. And you treat them as something to be respected, not something to just cut off its head and hang on a wall, but something who's sustains your life by sacrificing their life. So it's a very different way of looking at creation and what what is you know mystical and what is real. And that part I found interesting her interpretation of the world and yet she was a mechanism with access to to resources so she could have read more scientific things or accessed them to know that the world you know was a planet that you know the sun was a star and that kind of thing so that was i found a little bit confusing but perhaps since she was not particularly supposed to be an educational tool, she was supposed to be a companion and friend for a child. Um, um, it was more like maybe the, the uh, when I had to, to go to work, when my children were five and seven, I happened to have to work evenings. And we were used to having some leisurely bath, you know, a bath and time to talk and sing and read them stories and tuck them in. And it's something they really, really missed at bedtime. I could call them and say good night, but it wasn't quite the same as tucking them in and rubbing their backs and, and comforting them and helping them relax until they went to sleep. So I got a toy for each of them that was uh, sound reactive. Um, for one was a, was a little dog and the other one was a parrot. And they didn't talk, but if you talked to them, they responded. And the parrot could whistle a couple of songs and the dog made all sorts of doggy noises, but he also played um, the song, um, Aware, Aware is My Little Dog Gone and how much is that doggy in the window? That kind of thing, you know, in little electronic tones. So when my youngest, um, I said, is Wolfer helping you feel comfortable at bedtime? She said, yes, mommy. And no, because he talks, but he never really listens. <laughs> I felt okay. that, that kind of, you know, those kinds of things that were happening between the child and the robot were made me think of those things or the, the dolls that you pulled a, a, a string or the cricket doll that whose eyes followed you around the room, you know, those kinds of things. And yes. I was thinking, yeah, this is, this is child and, and an inanimate thing. And there is a point where my children put away those toys, packed them up. And we unfortunately lost them in a, in a fire. But, you know, children do put away their childhood things, even though 
they're very precious to them. They don't want to get rid of them particularly, but they don't interact with them anymore. Right. It doesn't have the same significance that it did, but you're right. That that's a good comparison. I mean, Clara was really meant to be a companion, not really an educational tool. And what was interesting about her was she really learned about the world from visually observing and and hearing things, not so much from, you know, reading or, or computerized kind of learning. She, she really learned from just watching. And the thing, one of the things that you mentioned, of course, about the sun and all the different um, ways that the sun are incorporated into different cultures and, and, and the way that they view them, but also in this case, you know, the fact that she was sort of chasing that truck around and, and um, with the sort of the pollution and all that stuff, I thought that was sort of a thread that he didn't necessarily develop as strongly as he could, even just the whole idea of, of her being um, generated by the sun. But anyway, I, I will I will go on. And um, Shell, um, what what did you think of the story? Um, well, this is a book I was glad that we read because I've wanted to read it for a while. Um, but I'm afraid my sentiments echo Alan's. Really, um, I enjoyed the beginning of the book when they were in the shop. I found that quite interesting when she was with, was it Rosie in the window? And they were looking out and observing the street. I, I quite enjoyed that bit. But I found as it went on and when Clara was actually at the home, I didn't really care for any of the characters really. So I, I didn't really feel like I got very involved with any of them. And I found it, I found it the writing a bit confused. I mean, sometimes we were supposed to think that Clara had feelings and that she was gaining in intelligence, but other times she didn't seem to grasp the, the sort of very, very basic things. And even the way she referred to people sometimes as, was it she used to call people by their sort of names as, you know, Josie's mother. And I thought, well, is it, you know, surely they would have taught it in that day and age to have said, well, you or her or your mum or something. And it all seemed just a bit disjointed. And as somebody's already said, um, I, I found the bits where she got Rick to take her to the barn and when she got the dad to sabotage the truck, um, saying that it was to help Josie. I don't think they would really have gone along with that, you know, for a, for, you know, she was supposed to be not that intelligent. It just didn't seem to work. And um, I mean, I didn't like the mother character and Rick was quite a nice character, but um, I didn't connect with Josie very much. And if she was supposed to have feelings and be a, a bit intelligent, as we were sort of encouraged to believe, um, then then just put her in a cupboard, I thought was <laughs> was terrible, really. But um, yeah, I'm glad I read it, but I don't, I didn't really enjoy it all that much. But it did give some things to think about. I did, it did leave me with some things to think about. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I've decided they put her in that cupboard because she never learned how to use pronouns. But hey, <laughs> that's just my thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that one of the things that the, the book kind of brings up a lot of times is, you know, what what kind what kind of intelligence is she really learning? I mean, is she learning emotional intelligence? Is she really learning emotions? Is she really learning how to feel, how to love? And I think when people read the book, I think different people are going to feel differently. You know, if they're going to feel like, you know, she was meant to be a companion. Um, 
that's more of an emotional relationship an intellectual relationship. So I, I don't know. I found I found this book sort of raised more questions than it answered, I think. Um, but it did, it did, at least to my mind, it did raise a lot of questions. Um, Sally, what 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 did you think of the story? I was prepared not to like it because I don't do well with science fiction. I get really bored. I started it last Friday evening and finished it on Saturday. I just got engrossed by it. Um, I did not understand the ending about manager walking away and every two steps she'd list to one side. I I didn't know if that was um, harkening back to Josie, the way she would um, have trouble walking when she started to get sick. So I, I wasn't sure about that at all. Um, one part of it that I, I really think, to me, was the crux of the book. Um, toward the end, when they're talking about what is the human heart, what's in it, and, you know, is there such a thing as love in the human heart? And I forget what character it was who said, but maybe, you know, a, a heart doesn't have the love unless it's given from people who love that person. And I thought that was such a, a wonderful way of describing connection and love. Um, as far as um, Clara being put out to pasture, so to speak, when I was under the impression that when Josie went to college or when anybody went to college, um, they put away childish things, so to speak, and you know she expected Clara to go to her, as they put it, fade away, her slow <laughs> fade away. Right. Um, but I, I, I thought it was touching that the workmen in this junkyard or wherever they were offered to carry her over to another part to be with um, another mm-hmm. type of AF. And she said, no, she was happy where she was. Yeah, I, I couldn't help wondering if the, all the boxes and um, things in the junkyard, when Josie or other people would look at things or Clara would look at things, she said she saw them in a series of boxes and there were different images. I mm-hmm. wondered if those boxes were connected to that. There were some things I, I really didn't understand, but I was... Um, but I didn't expect to even like the book, so I was I was really surprised. Um, yeah. But if anybody could explain the ending to me with the manager and mm-hmm. her gate problem, um, I'd appreciate yeah. it. I I thought that the manager was an older woman at this point, and it was I some too. that that it was some sort of a physical. I don't think she was imitating Josie. I think she just maybe. You know, we all get older, our hips, our knees, everything doesn't work quite as well as it once did. So that that's just, I just thought she was, she had aged and I don't think she was working in the store anymore. And I, and I thought it was just a physical uh, infirmity that she might've had, but um, I'm, I'm glad that you liked the book. I, I had a similar yeah. experience. I went in not expecting to like this book at all, having read Never Let Me Go and, and not really liking that book at all. And this sounded very similar, um, but yeah. I was 
amazed to me how much Sally, I could. Sally, wouldn't you have liked it better if the last line had been, uh, Clara, thinking last night I dreamt I went to manager again? <laughs> <laughs> but was the junkyard on fire? Did Mrs. Denver set the junkyard on fire? That was yeah, right, right. No, yeah. Something else at the end when um, <laughs> when Clara um, looked up and saw the crane above the junkyard. She saw the crane when she and Rosa were sitting in the um, store window. That was mm-hmm. something she saw often. So I I didn't know. Did she come full circle, what was going on? But then again, I thought, well, it didn't really matter. Um, I just yeah. I just like the whole theme of the book about connection and love and what really makes people alive. Um, yeah, I, I thought it, it did go a little bit in a circle, which I liked also, the fact that we started the book with the manager and the AFs, and we finished the book with the manager and the AF, yeah. you know, in- the junkyard. I, I did. I did kind of. I don't always like when they do that, but in this case, I thought it was it was the right ending. Actually, yeah. I, I, For a, you, a minute, I thought manager was um, an older Josie, but um, you know, I, I guess not. Um, but anyway, I I'm glad I read it. The only other thing I'd read of his was Remains of the Day, mm-hmm. and that was ages ago. But I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That was yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad that you liked it. Um, yeah, I, I really did. Oh, good. Okay, Sharon, are, are, would you like to have any sure. comments? No, you yeah, read the I, book. I really, I read it. I really liked it. I, I just, yes, I had never read anything of, of his before. And again, I'm not a big science fiction fan, but there was something about this book I just found. I really liked it. I found, I, I liked her. I was very sad when, you know, the mother told uh, Capaldi, you can't have, you can't have Clara to experiment on. She, she deserves a slow fade. So I was very sort of sad and surprised that the so slow fade involved being going to the, you know, the junkyard. I mean, that was a little, you know, I just thought, well, she could have given her to Capaldi, I guess. I mean, but she was a lovely character. I, there was something about Clara I found, I mean, you know, she's artificial intelligence, but, you know, did she, she loved Josie. I mean, she gave up that fluid in her neck, you know, Mm -hmm. in her head, you know, that was like, you know, for her, that was kind of the fluid of life. And, you know, the father, I mean, nobody had any, how the father knew how much to take it or, you know, too much or too little. It was very, you know, I thought that was very moving. I really, really liked it. I thought the characters you know, some of them were, you know, the mother was the whole thing when she took uh, Clara to the um, the park and was talking about, are you ready kind of to replace Josie if necessary? I thought, you know, that was quite a scene. And, and the whole thing with being lifted and that would, you know, I guess that's what he wants us to, to think about, you know, would parents do something where they knew that I don't know what the odds are 50 50 that your kid could be a great success or your kid could die right you know I mean that was fascinating too and I thought it was I liked it I thought it was beautifully written and the whole scene with the sun you know that was that was completely magical to me I mean the sun cured her if you 
you know, believe the book, you know, did the sun cure her? I guess it's the question, but you know, that was sort of a magical scene. And yes, Alan, I did think Melania, the housekeeper, was <laughs> really <did> so. <laughs> was very funny. And yes, you know, I mean, I think somebody said that they read something where he said, oh, you know, I, I keep a list of names of characters and whatever, you know, really, you know, you're doing a book in, in, in 2019, 2020, 2021, and su- surprise Melania, the housekeeper. Yeah. I just thought that was Really funny. He knew exactly what he, he was doing. Exactly what he was doing with that. He character. knew exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. When I heard the name of Melania, I thought, "Did he really pick Melania as a name?" And I thought that was so funny. But yeah. Oh, but I think what you're saying about the lifting—that that is a really interesting issue because you think about all the lengths that parents go to to get their kids into a really good college. And, you know, all the all the stuff that they have them going through. And this is just seemed to be like a couple of steps further that they would make them go through some sort of a medical procedure, it sounded like, so that they would get smarter. But of course, the side effect could be that they could get very sick or they could die. So that that was amazing to me that parents would pick that option so that their kids could be a little smarter. But, you know, it's it's something to think about. Um um, Marsha, what, what, what did you think of the story? Well, I'm sorry, but I must be negative. I, I couldn't finish it. I just could not get into this book at all. I did save it just in case I thought, well, I'm going to come to the, to the group meeting here. And if I like it, maybe I'll, you know, what, what people said about the book, um, that I might finish it, but I don't think I will. It just, I couldn't get into the characters. I didn't care for his writing style. Um, I I just found I I got past the party and the scene in the, uh, the the scene in the park and everything. I just found the whole thing very depressing. I just just couldn't couldn't get into it. Okay, so you did read at least two hours though, right? I did read. I think I made it to two and a half or three, and I thought okay, I'm, right. I'm done. <laughs> you know what? That that's okay. You know what? I think I there are so many books, as we all know, on bar. Right. And if it's not the right book, it's not the right book. And you know, as I said a couple of times already, I was very surprised that I really like this book as much as I did. So, and I'm kind of glad. I'm glad that there's different opinions. Cause to me, that's the best way. Like I think when a book has different opinions with different people, then it's a good book. Um, so I, 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 I like that everybody's having different reactions. I, um, um, shoot, I was going to make a, a point here and now I, it just kind of went away. I'll, I'll, if it comes <laughs> back, I'll, 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 hey, I, I'll, I can call on you again. If you, if you want to, that that's fine. Maybe during general discussion. Okay. Um, how about you, Liz? Did you did you read the book? What, what did you think about the book? Okay, I think I got about as far as Marcia did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I started off the book really liking it. I thought it was very creative. I loved. The, I, I think my favorite part of the book were the scenes in the in the store. You know, with the yeah. all the conversations between she and Rosa, and. Um, I actually started off liking Josie because she kept coming back for Clara and she, and, and Clara, you know, that I just, it, you know, okay. First of all, one of the connections that I made was there was an episode of Twilight Zone um, about the mannequin shop 
all the mannequins and, and the one girl wanted to be a, a real girl. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just kind of reminded me of that. But what really happened was, is I started making the connection between Clara and data from the um, next gen mm-hmm. and data. Oh. was the Android. And I loved data. And as Clara was struggling through observation to learn about people and how they interacted, I remember that was part of data's process too. And right. he would, he would fumble and he'd make mistakes, but he just became such an integral part. And um, when, when data was, you know, eventually, you know, destroyed and sacrificing himself to save the crew. I, I mean, I, I, okay, I'll admit it. I cried. Okay. So I, I struggled with the book and I kept reading it. I was frustrated that there was so much unexplained, lack of explanation around um, Josie's illness. I wanted <laughs> to find, I, I began to think it was somehow connected with the being lifted and that right. was not until after the party. And, but what happened to me was after that party, I was so disgusted with these bunch of self-indulgent people. And that's what it felt like. They were super self-indulgent and they had these bratty self-centered kids and, you know, that, you know, they thought it was perfectly okay to torture and throw the, the AFs around. And I thought, man, you know, <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I struggled with the book and to find out that they sent Clara to the great, you know, the, the, the junkyard. It's like, ah, you know, <laughs> But she was happy though. She was happy there though. Yeah, she was happy. (laughs) And that's what I'm I'm probably just so she wouldn't have to be around all those self-indulgence people. (laughs) No, I I just I I I felt it. it, You know, I started off liking the book, but it it really turned for me, and I I just yeah um, yeah. (laughs) I mean that that scene with with the kids was was very rough. I I really. that scene and also the scene where um, Chrissy, the mother, takes um, Clara to the mountain and, um, you know, she wants her to imitate the way that. Yes. The- yeah. I just thought, how weird is this? Yeah, you know? that was that was weird. Um, that was, I, think she want, I mean, she had a, a plan, which was that, you know, if her daughter died, that Clara was going to become her daughter. And so I guess that's something that, you know, if you think about robots and artificial intelligence, that's something that I guess is in the realm of possibility, like cloning and, you know, other things like that. So yes, I, for a parent, to, to, he, I mean, to, it's creepy, really creepy. B, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's very creepy. But the thing that that saved the mother for me was I thought she just had enormous grief about her other daughter dying. And she just wanted to hold on to her her daughter as much as she could, which is a you know it, it made her I think more human in a way. Even though this was a very crazy way to do it, um, but th- that's the, the thing just, was it it showed that she had given up that that she wasn't seeking any any answers and in that regard rick and the father even though they didn't have any idea what what clara was trying to do if clara had an idea at least she had an idea (laughs) right and since they didn't really understand what her intellect might be they 
thought, well, it's worth it. It's worth a risk, you know, to do something rather than just um, be resigned. And the father didn't really want a robot replacement for his daughter. No. Was, yeah. And Rick would not have wanted Clara to imitate his friend. Um, you know, it it was all. Um, but for the mother, it's kind of like the idea of capturing somebody's memory and personality on a computer so you can right. talk to them after they're dead, which is one exactly. of the things that people have been working on now. Right. Yeah. That, that's really exactly what it is. You just I don't want like it. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did. It really did kind of creep me out. And, uh, well, you so. shouldn't. You shouldn't read "Never Let Me Go" because that's no. Don't read "Never Let Me Go." That one was like magical compared to that one. So, um, okay, um, Ginny, what what did you think about the book? Um, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I started out um, finding the book. Not really. For some reason, it took me a while to figure out that the narrator was. Um, you know, a, a robotic, and um, so that, so I found the style kind of um, very confusing because we were seeing the world from the point of view of the, you know, the robot, the robot, and she pieced together the world, and, um, you know, this is like, I agree with all of the stuff that's been said here, really interesting points about how in this particular um, world, the, the, the artificial intelligence does not seem that sinister has, as it has been portrayed, you know, in other books. Um, I thought the characters were really, um, I felt disconnected from most of them. And there was a prevailing sense, I thought, of loneliness in the book. Um, you know, this was an interesting society in which children did not have real playmates and did not go to school. And um, that was odd, and I, and I was thinking about that. And, I, and then people were replaced um, with automation, so that was one sinister side of that. Um, it was um, the mother. I, it's really weird. I I thought about that. I thought, well, someone if someone desperately, you know, yearns for someone they've lost, um, would this really be something comforter, comforting, or would it just be a hollow mockery? of um, the person. And um, it was very interesting about how close is artificial intelligence going to get to human feelings. And that's just, I think, something we don't know. For example, I thought it was kind of very funny. One to- the only time I laughed out loud was when, um, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Rick's mom who said, I don't, it, it's really hard for me to know how to treat you as a guest. I don't know whether to treat you as a guest or a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> was you know um funny and um the book made me think about so many things um i i will say i thought the book was rewarding but i think in its style it was a little bit plodding sometimes and when i started the book i thought well i didn't understand uh the second time i read it two times except i haven't read the ending and um so I ended up really finding the book really rewarding, and, and as someone had said, very creative and imaginative, you know. Um, so a lot of good points. I'm not going to echo them here. I just wonder, um, 
Now, this is a very minor point, but what was going on with the truck, the kudu? Was that one of her mis- just simply one of her misperceptions um, as she put together the world, or what was that? I, I the what I read about that was that that was sort of a loose plot line where they were talking about how pollution can obscure the sun, and it was so important that Clara get the the you know the the uh, energy from the sun. And so that was sort of a, a, a thing. I mean, the father was an interesting character. We didn't find that out that much about him, but he seemed almost like he lived in a, in a separatist kind of community and that he was taking a different path, you know, from what other people were doing. So I don't know exactly, but it was, it was, you know, I don't think it was like many other things in this book. It wasn't super clear about a lot of mm-hmm. things. You'd have to sort of try to figure out things as best as you could. I don't think he, he didn't sort of bang people over the head explaining everything. And mm-hmm. I think he sort of left it to each of us to sort of decide um, how we would interpret the story. But I think he was trying to get across the sense of, of, of a different world that could actually happen and all the different issues that we can encounter in those worlds. Yeah, I agree, Michelle. And I think that in a book like that, there are a lot of loose ends that do provoke, you know, further thought. And and I do, yeah, I do understand that's what was going on. And so um, a lot of things that I hadn't really thought of very clearly. So that's why it was picked. Um, Okay. Um, How about Don? Would you like to talk now? Is it a good time? Yeah, I'm here. So, So when I started the book, I realized that I wasn't enjoying it very much. And then I discovered it was Japan, a Japanese orient, uh, uh, originally. And I thought, that's why I didn't like it. I, I'm like Alan, and I'm surprised I heard him say about uh, it being reminded him. the Jap- And I thought that's why I wasn't enjoying the style that the book was written in. And then when I found out how many awards it had won, I wonder, well, what kind of reader am I? You know, going all those awards, and I'm thinking it's silly. But anyway, uh, as far as, now I didn't enjoy the book, so I didn't read it very carefully. But uh, when I heard the children are playing and they are kind of rough with the personalities or the little creatures or whatever they are. Uh, that They're just toys after all in, in 100 years from now. They're artificial intelligences, but they are just, just toys. And if, I don't know, when you were a kid, I don't know anyway with a little boy, might have took their arms off and stuff, you know, uh, girls. And then in the end, when they put them up, I thought uh, you ladies who had uh, dolls when you grew up, when when you outgrew those dolls, uh, you put them on the shelf somewhere. So it wasn't a sad ending at all. I I couldn't think. I just thought, well, the girl grew up. She's off to college and she doesn't need her toys anymore. So the toys are on uh, on the shelf. This is the natural way of the world. So I, I, I'm sort of glad 
that when I got in here, there were several people because I thought I might be the only one who didn't like this book because of all the awards won. I, I thought I must sure be a poor reader or something. But anyhow, that's that's what I thought about, about the book. I didn't. I wasn't very. I didn't read it very carefully. Okay. That's for me. That, that's fine. I mean, as you can tell by all the different reactions, you know, some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. Some people, it grabbed them from the beginning. Some people, you know, they gave up or, or they didn't enjoy it all the way through. So I think that's, I mean, he's he's a very, um, he, he's won, I mean, he won the Nobel Prize for Literature. So I don't think you can get higher than that. So he's obviously. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was <laughs> wondering. What, what, what about well, me, you know? No, I no, think no. that there's a difference between books that are considered literature and right. books that are just stories. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, stories are more defined. And this was pretty allegorical, which is sometimes a little bit obscure and highbrow for the average reader. Oh, da- yeah. Uh, no, oh, wait I- a I think he is. No, I mean, I think, I think his, you know, he's, he's written a lot of books. I I've read a few of his books. I, you know, some of the famous ones and some of the less famous ones, and they're, they're very difficult. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not the easiest books to read and you have to really spend a lot of time. You got to look things up, you know, it's, it, it's a process. And I, I think most people, you know, it's not interesting to them. They want to read a story. They want to enjoy themselves. So I, I completely understand. Um, you know, this one I thought, you know, there were there were a lot of kind of loose ends, but I thought there was a basic story. And and the thing that was fascinating to me was it just made me think about a little thing about a lot of things, and also that he wrote this book before the pandemic. I, I just found that fascinating. So I know we have nine to eight, and I'm going to apologize because I'm not sure. Um, which participant that is, but can you tell me your name? I'm sorry. Yes. Hi, my name is Elantra and it's my first oh, time lunch. in this group. Yes. I, 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 I do need to, no, I'm sorry, but I do need to go to another group at six o'clock. So, but okay. I wanted to find out if you could give me the title and author for the next book. So I'll be huh. sure to come back. I'd be happy to do that. So it is almost a uh, nine o'clock Eastern time. So, I will mention the next book. Yes, I, I, I know you've gone to Joni's group, Elantra. So I've, I've heard your name before. Um, yes, so yes. The next book is called The Vixen, V-I-X-E-N. Um, the author is Francine Prose, P-R-O-S-E. Um, and the DB number is 1043. Four six again. It's one zero four three four six. Um, and I, I will. It's a historical fiction, and I will read the, the annotation. I've heard this book is very good. Um, it sounds a little strange from the annotation, but I, I've read some of her books. I know she's a good writer, and I've heard this is a really good book. Um, so it says nineteen fifty three, recent Harvard graduate Simon Putnam is newly hired by a distinguished New York publishing house. He gets a difficult first assignment, editing a lurid bodice ripper, and probably based on the recent trial and execution of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. So <clears throat> supposedly, I think Francine Prose 
grew up also in Brooklyn. And I think she actually knew Ethel Rosenberg in probably not in a close way, but in, in a little bit of a way. So I, I'm guessing this is a historical fiction book that deals a lot with, with that, uh, that uh, with Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. <laughs> I heard her interviewed on NPR and uh, several months ago. And if I remember correctly, her parents knew the Rosenbergs okay. and, right. and she yeah. Yeah, you know, she was just a child, but she, you yes. know, was in and out of that circle, but just a child observer. Yes, that's correct. I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think I'm mixing that up. But anyway, thank you, everybody. I'm I'm really glad I, that everybody. I had I had just one really sure. really quick final thing because someone reminded me of it earlier in the discussion. Said that she wished she was a real girl, and uh, reminded her of some character, but reminds me, this is not the first toy that went like this. I'm thinking of Pinocchio, who wished he was Mm. a real boy, you know, and how long ago was that, you know, (laughs) a toy set up around and and, uh, have real personalities. So, So I thought of And and I have a question about the, the next book uh sure. i'm having a i'm having a hard time relating a bodice ripper yes that doesn't really seem to connect yeah i was wondering that myself but that was a pseudonym yeah prose yeah, is her last prose. name i mean yeah. yeah does she have a sister named poetry maybe <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's. It, I mean, it, it intrigues me. I have to say, I, I really do want to find out what's going on here. Um, and I know she's a good writer because I've read some of her other books. And um, yeah, I, I I I don't know. I guess we'll all find out together what what's yeah. happening. Story. Well, and, thank and, you and, for and, picking and, this one for us. I mean, I know some of us liked this book and some didn't, but I thought it's been a really interesting book to discuss because we've all had such different views about it so I thought yes. it was a really good um, yeah lots yeah. of different points yeah mm. yeah I appreciate yeah. all the comments about the, the this guy being a Nobel Prize now, now I know since I'm from Mississippi that's the reason I didn't like him so <laughs> uh, <I> guess, <laughs> but uh but uh anyway now to me that doesn't matter one iota if he won <laughs> 50 Nobel Prizes I wouldn't make any difference in my in my uh perspective yeah. I'm a big believer. I'm just glad we don't have to read James Joyce. Yeah. I've never been able to get past the first couple pages of Ulysses. I mean, just Um, sorry. That was absolute torture. I hated it. Yeah. Well, I thought the discussion was wonderful. So, yeah, it was great. Same here. Yeah. I'm glad I came, even though I didn't finish the book, because I was really interested yeah. to, to find out other people's interpretations and and so on. And I've I've decided that no, nah, it's I'm not going to finish it. I don't want to see her have to go to the junkyard. And but well, Don, I liked your point of view where it was. Oh well, it, it was just a toy, and right, grew her toys, yeah. and you know right. that, that's what happens with toys that are no longer being used so i like yeah. that game she didn't have an on off switch at the back somewhere isn't it <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've often said that some of the best discussions we have in groups is when people really have a wide range of re- reactions mm. to the book. Mm-hmm. If everybody really loves the if book, it, there's not a whole lot to discuss. <laughs> no. you know? yeah, that, that's why we're in a book club. If it weren't yeah. for that, if everybody we wouldn't, hates we wouldn't um, there's something to talk yeah. about. Everybody yeah, likes yeah. it. The short had a short group. We couple of where everybody hated the book, and it was like, yeah, great discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's happened a couple of times. Once, once in a while. <laughs> Alan, this this must give this must giving me a whole different impression of Rebecca now that I've read this one. So yeah, I think Rebecca's <laughs> a lot better now. So uh, Alan, oh yeah, you uh, tell us about your book for Worlds of Books. Yeah, we're reading uh, Sworn to Silence, I think is the name of it, by, uh, what's her name, Michelle? You know, the... Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, it, it's one of what, those what, Kate... Uh, which, which are we reading for what club? It's for Worlds of Books, Sworn to Silence. We meet two weeks from... Oh, I just saw Tuesday. the email, and I, I can't think what it was. Uh, so you just sent it out, Alan, because I, I didn't... I didn't know. Well, is, it, no, I, I, is it Linda Castillo? Is that right? Yeah, Linda Castillo. Yeah, yeah. She writes yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, those books about the, uh, the the Amish woman that's the police chief and and right. Oh, that'll be yeah, that'll yeah. be a good one. Oh, it's it's good. Yeah, it's so got, you, it's got a lot. Send, of, it's got a lot of. Did you send out the email uh, about a month ago or what three the weeks heck ago? What happened to mine? I can't address your email issues, Mark. I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what 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 is the mystery group reading? What are you reading next time for mystery? When by Harlan Coben. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And good. novel ideas. We are reading um, Billy Summers. Uh, Billy Summers. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Summers. Mystery right. King. Yeah. That's yeah. on the nineteenth, isn't it? That is on the nineteenth. Yep. And I think uh, Worlds of Books is on the sixteenth, the preceding Tuesday. Oh, so, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that sworn sworn to silence is good. I mean, it's got a serial killer, and he kills people badly. So if, if, you, if you're if you're sensitive about you know hearing descriptions about corpses and stuff, don't read it. But uh, I mean, it's it, it, it's got it, it's got a bad. But I, Kate Burkholder is the main character. I really, I mean, I've, I've read two or three books in that series, and they're all good. I think Linda Castillo is a good writer and stuff. So. Uh, Doesn't but, uh, she write like more than one series, Linda Castillo? She or maybe probably. I'm just not familiar. Okay. Enough today, so. yeah. I might be mixing her up. And it's sworn to silence. Mm-hmm. Sworn to silence. Yeah, that's okay. it. Hang on, I, I'll give you the book number. If you want the book number, I'll give it to you. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, that would time. that might be that might be a good idea because I give, give me one second here. I'll find it. Sorry, see. Alan. That's all right. No problem. Just see. <laughs> All right, one second here. Let me. All right, here we go. If I typed it right. Yeah, here it is. Seven zero. Seven zero. Three five seven. Seven zero three again. Seven. Seven Six. zero three five seven is the book number. Nine. 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 The, 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 Har- the Harlan Coben books, are they like 
um, a lot of violence or are they different kind of mystery sense. books? You know, uh, I, I've only read, I've read the first couple hours of that. I read it about a month ago and it's, uh, it, it, it's got some references to violence in it because it, 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 it has a case that it happened. One of the, one of the characters in it had gotten kidnapped when she was a younger girl, I think. But, uh, I, like I said, I, I haven't gotten all the way through it. So, uh, <laughs> I've read a couple of his, and he doesn't tend to be overly graphic. It's not that there's right. no violence, right. but he's right. not as bad as some authors with the gruesome details. Right, okay. right, yeah. But uh, and but it's no Rebecca though. But it, you know, I think it's a pretty good book. We'll <laughs> what <say>. is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm dreaming I went to Manderley every night after reading Rebecca. <laughs> uh, I'm never gonna lift this down. <laughs> well, I oh, love the book, pay, Sally. So I'm with don't, you. Don't pay any attention to me. You know, Did just, you I, ever I, see? I, that, that, that's okay. I don't I don't care for Jack Reacher either. But um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Her own. Yeah, I, I I don't care much for the recent Jack Reacher books either. To be honest with you, but uh, I, I do like the earlier ones. But anyway, yeah, what were you saying, Michelle? I said, did you ever see the movie with Laurence Olivier and Olivia de Havilland? Because it's a great movie. No, no it was I, Joan I Fontaine. Oh, Joan Fontaine. Is it Joan yeah. Fontaine? Okay, yeah. They're, yeah. Sis they're sisters. Oh, yeah. yes, Joan they're Fontaine. Sisters, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. oh, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. Alan, can I ask you, can I ask you, is this the first time you've read um, Rebecca? Because I have read that. I read that first time like 30 years ago. And I recently tried to read it again. And I don't know whether... You know, and what didn't seem the same to me, but sometimes your imagination is more fertile, you know, when you're younger. But you, you're reading right, it for the right. first time. That, yeah, that was my first time to read it. Yeah, and it, it was a struggle. Oh, yeah. to get, it was a struggle to well, get through it. Yeah, but, yeah, I made but the I, same comment, I, Jimmy, I, I that I, I'm sorry, I had read it what? when I was uh, in my 20s for college, and I really liked it. And this time, I just didn't like it. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I found it a little bit more, but. The movie is maybe, I think the movie, a lot of critics have said, maybe better than the book. Or it's, I, it's I a different experience than the book. It's, when it's I was reading movie. it, when I was reading it, I thought, well, this will make a lot better uh, movie than book. And that is very rare that you find a movie that's better than the book. I had recently from. watched it on Netflix and it really was good. I think yeah, the book's well, a bit dated. Yeah. It seems a bit dated now. I read it when I was a it teenager does. and I loved it. But yeah. when I tried to read it a couple of years ago, it, it seemed really dated. I think the movie's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I liked about it. And any any book that takes me to Cornwall is all right in my in my um <laughs> Yeah. I I found I couldn't read it the second time, but I know well, there's a book on board. So so it was it was better. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There when is I was a book reading on board. It, when I was I'm sorry, there is a book on Bard about the present, about the, this, there is a book on Bard, um, if you are captivated, you know, by the movie or by the book or by both, which, like me, it, there's a book about the production of the movie, you know, all the details and yeah. some yeah. of the There's also a sequel. And, yeah, that's what I thought when, oh. I, when I was reading it a book and thought it would make such a good movie. I thought back to when I had vision and it was the cinematography that I could see would make the difference in the movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. The hydrangeas are supposed to be beautiful, I understand. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That'll make all the difference in the world. Yeah. 
<laughs> Have you read the, the sequel, hydrangeas. Sally? The hydrangeas are one of the main characters in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Sally, have you read the sequel? Um, Mrs. De Winter by Susan yeah. Hill. Yeah. I read it yeah. years ago, and to be honest, I don't remember that much about oh. it. I was going to say, um, you and I will I have to have a separate that... book club and discuss it. <laughs> we'll be the only yeah, ones I, I know like the fa- I know the Maurier family gave her permission to write ah. it. Um, hmm. There's also one that came out a couple years ago. I have I downloaded it from Bookshare, but I haven't read it yet, called Rebecca's Tale. And I don't know the author, but it's Rebecca written from Rebecca's point of view. Hmm. Oh. Well, they should have called yeah. that one Becky. Becky. <laughs> that would have been better. Be- yeah. Becky of Manderley. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah, I just heard of Susan Hill like last week and I thought I've got to investigate her because somebody I was on a list and somebody sent somebody sent uh, uh, they were they were they sent the, the message to the wrong list. And, and and she was talking about this book. And I thought, you know what? And I guess it's a series. And I thought I need to check out Susan Hill. She wrote the Simon um, Cirilla series, didn't she? Yeah. 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 It's a bit depressing. She's, she's written quite a lot of stuff, some of it good, some of it not too good. Mm-hmm. Um, she's most famous, I think, for The Woman in Black, a uh, horror story, that or gothic horror that has oh. been a, a play. Um, and, and I read it, and I was really kind of blown away by the ending. I didn't see it coming. Um, so I, I like that. I like books like that. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like let me turn back a couple minutes and see. What, did I miss something? Here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to leave, so I'll just see y'all next time. All right. Okay. Bye, Ladon. Bye, Ladon. Right. Bye, Ladon. Take care. Bye, bye. Thank you. Good night. All right. Good night. Good night. Do I need to make somebody? I, I've got to go too. But if y'all want to stay and talk, I can make somebody else host. Where, where I, I'm going to get out of here. I'm off to bed. Okay, fun, fun. <laughs> okay sleep tight. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Take right. care, everyone. Enjoy Thanks the discussion. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.